You see us uh, struggling in the car. You walk up, you open the door, and you say, You're lying, George. Oh, uh, hey, you, get your damn hands off her. Do you really think I ought to swear? Yes, definitely. God damn it, George, swear. Geeks Out at episode 117, Mayor Goldie Wilson's Goldie Oldies. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Catherine. I'm Joe. And I'm the other Mike. And we are here today to talk all about the movies of 1985. Holy shit. Did you guys expect... How many great movies were going to be on this list? Well, like, yes, you look at the top ten, and you're like, wow, there were a lot of great movies. Then you drill down to the top 50 and go, holy <laughs> shit. You could have made this into two episodes. It's like, you don't, I mean, you're looking back 30 years, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, my God, that movie was 85. That movie was 85? That, that was wow. No way that movie was 85. No way. So, yeah, we got tons and tons and tons of movies to talk about. But before we get into the movies, I did ask uh, for a Christmas Cultural Corner. KKK, that's not good. That Chris give us a list of his favorite top five songs from movies released in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did he go to random.org? No. If he doesn't bring a power of love, I'll be severely disappointed. One second. I All love right. That song. I love that song. So, number five on Chris's list. Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears from Real Genius. Genius was definitely an HBO movie. Yes. I never really knew about it until I saw it on HBO. The movie has some great songs in it. The scene of the party with the um, aspiring beauticians, All She Wants to Do is Dance, and One Night Love Affair. The study scene, I'm Falling, and the scene from Jerry's uh, Destroyed Popcorn House. Everybody Wants to Rule the World is a classic song to end a classic movie. That was Val probably Kilmer. one of my yeah. all-time yeah, favorite Kilmer. songs of the That was Val Kilmer, right? Yeah. 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 Val Kilmer, before he looked like he ate another Val Kilmer. Um... <laughs> Seriously, that dude is aged. Holy oh, yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I mean, while we're talking about these mo- like songs, why don't we talk about these movies, too? Because God knows they're going to get brought up at some Mal- stage. Mal Kimmer's best uh, role, in which he looked the best most recently, was when he played Kit for uh, 
in the TV. That's a pretty nice car, though. Well, they, they did bust the myth of the popcorn. Okay. Yeah, they, they tested the popcorn exploding the house myth on Miss Busters. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Was the that movie? Yeah. yeah, yeah, boy, the, they, they, they have a big <laughs> thing of popcorn, it's supposed to blow up the whole, yeah, popcorn, when it pushes against the glass, just crushes itself into dust. No, because no, there's not much weight to it. Right. Yeah, exactly. You'd almost have to basically put, like, maybe 20 of those big Jiffy Pop things in one, like, almost every room, and even then. Even then, it would just, it, it'll still just reduce itself to powder rather than break through right. decent glass. True. Unless now, the unpop kernels. The unpop seeds, because uh, we have an air popper at home, and this thing like, shoots hot lava at us, pretty much. Yeah, those right. <laughs> those yeah. hot kernels have melted through um, bread bag, like, plastic bread bags, yep. mm-hmm. the bottoms of my feet. Yep. I'm seriously, I'm expecting, like, that Final Destination death. Yeah, you, you, gotta, you gotta get the big, big bowl to yeah. get those. Oh, yeah. so you get, like, a curl right in the eye or something like that. Exactly. Um, you know what, though? I, haven't, I honestly haven't seen this movie since high school, but there is one line that I did, in fact, use on a boss once, where they're like, you know, there are a lot of decaffeinated brands that are just as tasty as the originals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to whip that one out at and work. And I was because... lucky not to have been fired. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because we have a lot of caffeine addicts in my yeah. office. Instead, you were made a salesman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Now I used that parsnip, and we had sex in the back room, and then I sold it to a family of four so they could <laughs> eat it for dinner. <laughs> You're hired. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Your manager. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on Real Genius? Besides oh. the fact that this is about as good as Val Kilmer will ever look. No, but it was such a it was a sweet little movie. I mean, it was it's a it's one of those cult classic movies. It's yeah. definitely an HBO movie. This yeah, is yeah. not the it movie that people movie, yeah. people don't go opening night to see something no, like this. No. But when it's on HBO, this is the kind of movie that you take the time to stop. And watch. You know, whatever you're doing. Baby's crying. Don't care. Real Genius is on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next up, number four on Chris's list. Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds from The Breakfast Club. I don't know about you, but every time I hear the opening bars of this song, I always think of Bender with his arm raised while Brian narrates over him. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Oh, this song, for me, got overplayed. This song, yeah. And this is one of those songs that I'm pretty sure that when Jim Carr goes out on stage with the revamped Simple Minds, he's like, one more night. Just one more night, and I'm never doing this song again. <laughs> one more night, and I'm never doing this song again. Don't you forget about me! I almost like uh, when you actually watch the movie. Um, the version they use in the movie is a lot is a little bit different. It starts off with that kind of like drum solo. They hadn't finished the song yet. The song wasn't done when the movie the, came out. It was the Devil Rizzers. It's um, yeah, it's like um, well, not when the movie came out, but when the movie went into production. This is just like if you guys have ever seen The Graduate. Yeah, you know, you, Mrs. Robinson is a big, big part of that. Yeah, they didn't have many lyrics available 
when they were finally cutting the film together. It was the same thing with The Breakfast Club. That song was put together so last minute. Yeah. And I just thought that came to define the movie. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. No, it did. But I just thought the beginning part had just like that drum. It was like that kind of like, like I said, it was a different alternative cut to the song. Yeah. I like that version a lot better. It's just, if you listen to it, it just has more of a driving guitar. I'm talking from the musical point of view right. of this. Right. Um, I like that version a lot better than the actual one. Because I remember one time I found it online. It's like alternative cut. Yeah. And it wasn't the exact one, but it was a little more extended. And it had just a much better like drum, a little bit of a guitar solo in it. And I thought it was a lot better than the one you hear all the time. Yeah. And like I said, yeah, it is an overplayed song. But it just does have that one driving sound that... The alternative cuts were pretty decent. Yeah. We're going to put off talking about The Breakfast Club because it does factor in a little further down the line and something else here. So the next one, yeah, we won't be talking about this movie otherwise. Number three, Invincible by Pat Benatar from The Legend of Billie Jean. For some reason, every time I talk about the legend of Billie Jean, I always do it with a southern accent. Billie Jane, <laughs> I always like this song, one of uh, Pat's last great big hits. I can totally not picture Chris actually speaking with a southern no, accent. No, and I'm sure, oh, yeah. Legend I'm, of Billie Jean was another HBO-type movie. Yeah, that, yeah but this kind of even, then, even then. I no, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, it's one of those movies you saw, it was on HBO Cinemax constantly. Yeah. I've watched this movie once, it was in college. And the biggest star at that point, with the exception of Christian Slater to come out of the movie, um, was Yardley Smith, who voices Lisa Simpson. Right. Uh, and right in the yeah. movie. And I'm like, did you write Lisa Simpson into this thing? <laughs> you tell me Keith Gordon wasn't as popular? He was in Christine, damn it. Come on. Keith Gordon actually turned out to be a very good director. Not a very good actor, because every role so was kind of like this. Actually, so technically, he actually got some fame out of it. Even though you don't see him much on front of the camera. He's done a lot behind it. There's a lot behind it. He didn't direct this movie, though. I know. I honestly, I remember seeing the ads for this movie. The song was all over the place. This was the kind of song that back in the days of WHTT out of Boston. Mm. Remember that? Mm -hmm. My God, I'm ashamed to say I used to like have a tape deck. Like, ready to record songs. <laughs> 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 you're not the only one, Andy. Christian Slater's probably a little, a sec, you know, a far second behind. Because he's had a lot of decent stuff in his career. He's had a lot of decent stuff. Not lately. He's on Archer. His, he is he's on Archer. Right? No, okay. Archer. Beyond, well, beyond his voiceover work yeah. on Archer, any series he's been on... Except for Mr. Robot, apparently, which I haven't watched a frame. Yeah, we had a couple movies that though. Yeah, Heather's was actually a really good movie. He was in that. Oh my god, I got so sick of Heather's by the end of high school. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh my god, you're right because it came out the tail end of my junior year. It hadn't hit HBO yet, but it came out my senior year. Yeah, it came out in '89. So I didn't even get it till like the tail end of my senior year. You guys had two fucking years with that. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it when I first saw it, but then by the end of high school, I was like, I am so fucking sick of this movie. Move on. People. Yep. I didn't watch it enough to get that sick of it, thank you. Oh. So, oh. I've, I've never seen Heathers. Oh. No? Never seen Heathers. It's a very dark comedy. I've, 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 I've only seen it a couple of times, but everybody will talk about it. Wasn't it talk about doing ah. a series or something like that? Or like I think so. I don't know how the hell that would be possible. But, but something that came up with it. Yeah, when, I, when I want to see a good movie with young Winona Ryder, I'll put in Be- Beetlejuice. There you go. Right. Yeah. There you go. All right, number two on Chris's list. Man in Motion by John Parr from St. Elmo's Fire.
this pick and Mike G as well another Brat Pack movie the Brat Pack ruled the mid 80s for sure hey, I admit oh, that I like for both of us I admit that I liked the song when it first came out not so much uh, the movie though out of all the Brat Pack movies this is my least favorite and I think everybody can agree with that yeah yeah. yeah. St. Elmo's Fire is a shitty movie but it gets a lot more credit than it deserves it's almost like they, try, it's like they tried to make the Brat Pack into be like regular everyday adults and it really just it was dull with real jobs and cocaine problems yeah drugs relationships drink rape I have a hard yeah I have a hard time sympathizing with young rich 20 year olds having middle life crises exactly mm-hmm. but you know what you did get Rob Lowe shirtless with a, uh, with a saxophone really and if that's not the defining uh, image of the 80s I don't know what is I think this movie was really Six the black, I think it was really the black spot on the on the Brat Pack. Yeah. yeah. Really and you know what the black spot on this song is when they brought it back for uh, Tim Tebow? Tim Tebow's fire! Oh, my God. Oh, I haven't even heard that. Oh, God. It was back when, <laughs> was back when Tebow was playing. Good. I think he, he when he was playing, playing with Broncos, the, the Broncos. The Broncos. He'd, yeah. won a, he'd won a playoff game. Yeah, a playoff game. A, yeah. That's playoff. a fun good in music. <laughs> and, um, oh, my God. This so, no, the funny thing is, I just saw Todd in the Shadows not too long ago about this song, and it's like you would think, just based on how much of an American anthem this song became, American anthem also came out this year, um, <laughs> that John Parr is an American. Dude is like totally British, <laughs> like needs a translator. British. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man did have a fantastic head of hair, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it dark brown? Is it gray? I can't really tell. It's just silver for men. fox. It's it was just for men. It was almost like silver frosted. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, it's a frosted lucky part. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> finally on Chris's nice list, yeah. number one, the power of love. Oh, yeah! yeah. By Laura Brannigan. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, wrong power of love song. <laughs> Huey Lewis of the news from Back to the Future. Would there be any other song? Me on the nose, you know, might hurt my glasses. No, yeah. oh, my glasses. Uh, Back <laughs> to the Future was the number one movie of the box office in 1985. Yeah, spoiler alert, Chris. And the Power of Love ruled the summer as the 1985 Billboard charts. You didn't have to read it. Actually, I did because that's just how I read. I'm like Ron Burgundy. I just keep reading what's on the teleprompter. And <laughs> don't fuck you? yourself. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the Power of Love was like Huey Lewis's peak. I mean. Uh. This is right it after honestly was all downhill from there. Right, that was you, they, hey, they peaked. Hey, 
That was on the same album. I know. But still. No, no but no, Power, that's, that's Power, of, Power of Love is way bigger than It was a really good song. No. It, it was the top. And even them, if you took Back in Time and Power of Love, put them in a, ca- a steel cage, locked it up, gave them the, uh, the, the 15 ounce gloves, and let them duke it out, I'm sorry, Power of Love wins. Well, every yeah, really? Really? Back in Time was that, that cool. song. That just... That chorus is just so catchy. Better song, bah, 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 more popular Back in time song, had no. more, a better like horn section. No, uh, absolutely, no. absolutely. No, the chorus, it actually had more. Had more the, chorus, the chorus for back, for Power of Love, way better than anything in Back in Time. The actual, no, I will not agree. Power of Love had a better uh, guitar. Don't need money, don't need fame, don't need a credit card to ride this. I'm talking the horn section. He's talking the horn section. I'm talking vocal. I'm not talking vocals. The brass player is talking about the horn section. Yeah, exactly. So, so as a brass guy who's been doing this for years, <laughs> as the guy with the music degree, who's been teaching it for 15 years. Oh, sure, throw that in our face. Oh, okay. Life is invalid. I win. And his students I'm like sorry. him. Hey, you know what? I'm going to transplant this entire show down south so we can stop giving a shit about education, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you and your fancy book learning. <laughs> oh, don't worry. The Republicans are going to take I, over, and there won't be any problem across the country. <laughs> no one will <laughs> care about book education. Learning. So no, I, I'm sorry. What now, Mike? Now help me out here. What, now what is it called? Like the actual? Bah, bah, that's the the bridge. All right. Yeah. The bridge of Power of Love is just it just it's a more driving tune than oh, yeah, absolutely than Back in Time. I think it was just I just prefer Back in Time. Right. I just love the horns. I just love that. You also can't do the Dana Carvey bit with Power of Love the way you can with uh, really can. Back in Time. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And that, I think it's, I think you know that skit alone makes Back in Time a great song. All right. Yeah. Come on. All right. So anyway, um, Chris does want to mention one honorable mention, which is we don't need another hero from Mad Max. Beyond Rangoon. I'm sorry, Thunder. How funny is that? You know, you think about the two, the first two Mad Max movies, and then that song comes out. It's like it's so like it was a good song. I mean, nothing against Turner. I like Tina Turner, but it was one of the songs that just doesn't didn't fit that post-apocalyptic crazy world. So you watch the first Mad Max. That movie was great. Here's the. But you know thing. what? No, you know what? I enjoyed Beyond Thunder though. I thought it was a good movie. Oh no, it was a good movie. It's just, it's just that song. Just all of a sudden you play that song. It's just too kind of. Yeah, um, but it was. You know what? They was, played that. But you know what? It wasn't like... It was one of those songs that got overplayed on the radio. Right. But no! Good thing. I think it's phenomenal. I think, no, you know what? I think it kind of fits. Really? I do. That, that kind of just... Yeah, well, no, just, no, but the, I don't, we don't need another hero, that kind of, I think that. Yeah. I think what is this, I think Beyond Thunder probably has the, it's the, it's light, the, it's the lightest one of the series, it's, it's I think, the, you know. It, yeah, it was, it was more, it was. It kind of went a little too light for me, because I said the first two are pretty badass. They're, they're going, they were going badass for mass appeal, they were trying but, to get but more But yeah, because I bring these kitties into it, and like I said, again, I love the teenager song, it just. I just felt it. Just, I don't know. It was one of those just weird. It was definitely a lot different. I didn't hate. I didn't hate Beyond Thunderdome. I just thought it wasn't. You know, it just kind of. It played safe. I guess they were trying. They were the trying first to, two they were movies trying to were very things. small, and they were trying to be. This was a big. Really this is yeah. They I agree, already. I agree with you on that. Yeah, there was a tent pole, and I think you know at least it. It's not a lot like most of her other work. Yeah. yeah, it was it was her working towards... She rocked that hair, though, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. oh my... Well, but, you know, let me just pause it this, though. If a song like this... There's not really the exact same song, but a song like this showed up anywhere in the neighborhood of Fury Road, I don't think oh, anybody... Well, that's I don't think anybody would be walking around with a tongue in their direction. brought back that hard edge. But it's 30 years... Feeling. Yeah, it's 30 it's years later. Movie. It's a very different... We live in a very different world. Yeah. By the way, can I say how excited I would be if George Miller actually directed a Superman movie? <laughs> 
It'd be interesting. It'd be an intense movie. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would love it. How do you get Superman to buy a practical effects? Oh. But they get... Giant cannon! But they get... I have to weigh that against the fact that George Miller also directed Babe. No, he directed Babe. He directed Babe. Pick the city. I'm sorry. All right. Get it right. Yeah. All right, so anyway... Um, Chris just wants to sign off. Uh, we make quite a pair of Raggedy Man. Till next podcast, Chris. Chris, thank you. Thank you. Quite the Thanks. discussion out of there. That was a good one. So now we're going to discuss the top ten box office grossing movies of 1985. Starting at number ten. Number ten, yeah. Um, so number ten, um, grossing in $60 million, uh, Spies Like Us. Aren't you taking this test tomorrow? What, the Foreign Service Board? Yeah, sure. Well, don't you have to study? No, are you kidding? I know the FSB exam class backwards. I've taken it three times already. Let me see the booklet. Look at these samples. All multiple choice, it's easy. Here. If discovered appropriating classified documents at a foreign consulate reception, you should A, express concern, B, act surprised. D, deny everything, and D, all three. The answer is D, all three. It's common sense stuff. That one wasn't number one. Come on. It, it, it was a national treasure, damn it. Absolutely. That movie is funnier than it had any right to be. It was. It, it, it was. was. It, can, it does not get the credit. It does no, but it was a funny movie as a comedy. Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. Uh, yeah, they didn't have Martin Short, but... Dan Aykroyd has somebody good with him, he's decent. Yeah. If he's trying to do some movie on his own, he sucks. Well, yeah, he he plays, he's got to have someone like Bill Murray. He plays, or, no, he, he, plays a good, he plays a good straight man. He's yeah. a straight man. Right. He's not, yeah, yeah. The weird thing is, you can say the same thing about Chevy Chase. See, but no, Chevy Chase, uh, is, Chevy Chase is more the goof than Dan Aykroyd is. But, I mean... Yeah, he's, yes. the, he's the goof, but he needs a balance. Yeah, yes. no, because he pulled, like no, because I, we're going to probably talk about it later. But he pulled, he pulled off Fletch on his own. Yeah, yep, because he kind of had to. But um, <laughs> well, what about the genius of Oh Heavenly Dog? Yeah. Oh jeez. Oh, well, the thing I mean, I remember Spies Like Us being like one of those movies. I'll just for you guys because you understand this video signals. Yeah. Type of movie where every time I go to rent it, it was always out. Yes. So by the time I finally got it, it'd been like a year after it come out on video, and I'm like, "That's who went on the hype." That's that was the hype. Yeah. That's okay. Um, it's not bad. I mean, I think it's funny that uh, it, it did, it did get the uh, the Paul McCartney seal of approval for a song oh, that he quite literally <laughs> shat out in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it goes in like so many different directions. That song goes in so many different directions. It, you can tell it was just like. All right, hold on. Let me just hit a few dartboards and words. Yep, it works. Let's put it together. I will say this. Is the movie does not age well. It is definitely a product of its time. Yeah. Well, neither is Dan Aykroyd. No. Oh, no. Oh, my God. He hasn't aged well. I mean, the guy looks like a sack of potatoes that was shat out by another sack of potatoes. <laughs> well, he found a crystal, bo- crystal head vodka. He must be drinking a little bit of the product. Fuck him and his supernatural shit. He, was, he wasn't bad in the Liberace movie. Now I forgot he was in that because I haven't actually seen the whole yeah, thing in that movie. Yeah, he was he was the uh, the the attorney for Liberace. Ah, and he's an Academy Award nominee. Really? For Driving Miss Daisy. Oh yes. yes. Oh. Nominee. He didn't win. He lost yeah, to Denzel. So. 
All right. He was actually decent. He was okay in that one. Let's move on to number nine. Um, Mike, I'm going to need the, I need your list here because I saw the total got erased here. So number nine, grossing in $61.4 million, The Goonies. Never say die. But the worst thing I ever done, I mixed up all this fake puke at home. And then I went to this movie theater, hid the puke in my jacket, climbed up to the balcony, and then, this is it, I made a noise like this. And then I dumped it over the side. Oh, and all the people in the audience, then, then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I never felt so bad in my entire life. Mom, they're gonna like this kid, Mom. <laughs> Hit puree! No! I'm too young! No! I want to play the violin! <laughs> Not my hand! <laughs> Allie's never seen the Goonies. Allie has never seen the Goonies. Allie, seen Allie actually wasn't born in this country because that was actually going to be my next question. Was she born in this country? No. Yeah, I was going to say, if you haven't seen the Goonies, you're not American. Actually, you know who hadn't seen the Goonies up until like six years ago? Who? Jim's wife, Rebecca. No, no, right. Right. no she hadn't seen a lot she of She had movies. never seen the Goonies. I remember. And we watched it on New Year's Eve. We had them over for New Year's Eve one night. And. Was it New Year's Eve? That one night? Yes. Okay. Yes, that one night was New Year's Eve. And. We watched it, and Autumn admitted to everybody that her first uh, childhood crush was uh, was Sean Astin, the Fat Hobbit. Michael. <laughs> Who's going on time? It wasn't George Michael. Michael. It wasn't no, Chuck. that was Rebecca. Wait, it wasn't Chuck. <laughs> the truffle shuffle. Oh, we knew that. Jiggle you know, you know, you know, you know, know, you know the lady who owns the house is selling it. Oh really? Yeah, because yeah, she got sick of people coming up to the lawn and doing the truffle shuffle. <laughs> True story. And that's probably one of the funniest scenes. Like, I mean, you hear him like doing that sound. You hear that sloshing sound. I still crack you know, up. I mean, I, I remember I watched this movie in the theaters, and it was one of those things. Just like to use the modern vernacular, all the feels. You know, it was like. <laughs> I just say one thing. I think this movie. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm gonna say it. The real star power of the movie is Martha Plumpton. Let's just let's just be honest. <laughs> she was the star power of that movie. Oddly, I mean, oddly, she actually has one. You know, I think she's. Uh, in terms of career, maybe third highest of the kids. Well, when Reese oh, was, 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 was there, she was hysterical in Reese. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Josh Brolin, Sean Josh Astin, Brown. Brown. and Corey Fucking wise. I will say, though, she was hysterical in Raising Hope. <laughs> she was the mother. Um, now, it's interesting, too, because we were. Chuck kind of steals every scene he's in, though. He's done the show about throwing up. And this movie, yeah, this movie. And then I pretended to be throwing up. I mean, this movie has all of like the Spielbergian produced, you know, tropes. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, lots of chases. That 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 great score by Dave Brusen, like the yeah. Kids, kids having the adventure you always wanted to have. Yep. Mm -hmm. Tons of product placement and no black people anywhere in the entire movie. It, it wasn't, but I gotta say, it wasn't until this afternoon when I made the connection between between the fact that the part that the part that they were going after, one odd Willie, that's a little thing for a penis. Yes, it is. I never realized that before. <laughs> how the hell did Spielberg and Dante get that get away with that one? Yes, it was Steven Donner. Spielberg. Donner. Uh, 
Oh, oh yeah, it was Donner. Yeah, yeah. Donner. Right. Wait a minute. He lifted up the Dante patch. Was, Dante was talking about. Huh? You sicko! He lifted up the patch and he saw why he was one-eyed Willie. So in other words, not do his penis. He was sicko. He was born <laughs> with <laughs> one eye and like this weird like glaze over or his skull. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was like a whole like it was like it was like part of the skull or something like that. Was he was one eye Willie born that way? I mean, Apparently so. Apparently he was born that way. I mean, really you know what we think we need a prequel? The Adventures of One Eyed Willie, the Goonies prequel. <laughs> I, I remember like Autumn and I watched it once when I bought it for our DVD, and you know she was like, you know what? It's always bothered me that the Spanish Armada never ended up anywhere near the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then we're watching everything wrong with the Goonies, and he brings that up, and Autumn like. You're like Johnny Vander, like Johnny Vander at the end of uh, Breakfast Club. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that they were search- they were searching for John uh, One Eyed Willie's treasure, it's a it was a metaphor for growing up. Yeah, 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 it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the rich stuff. Yeah, <laughs> really deep. They got the you know, they, wow. you know if they were lucky, they got the rich stuff. Oh, so many comments. Teacher. What's another word for pirate treasure? Booty. Booty. There you go. Oh, really? Searching for the booty. He didn't spend an entire scene talking about how good of a kisser Mikey is. Still, the best. (laughs) 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 We've got so far off the rails, we can't even. And we're still talking. The thing is, we're still talking about goonies. (laughs) I still think the best line of the movie was, I think we're in deep shit now, Francis. Oh, shit. Alright, All right, a couple of things about this movie. First of all, um, apparently, the guy who played Troy, you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the, yeah, the, the bully, yeah, yeah, the dude who played bully, um, apparently gayer than an Easter parade. He directed the movie um, Burlesque. Oh, and they, I saw an interview with him, and it was like, oh, that's a dude from the Goonies. And he's like, yeah, it's so happy to be working with Cher and working with Christina Aguilera. I'm like, holy shit, how did we not see this? And then we went back and watched Goonies, and I'm like, Holy shit! How did we not see this? Because we were, because it, because we were twelve. The, oh, I was twelve years old. Yeah, because it was the eighties. Androgyny was a thing. That's yeah, true. Guys, Everyone had that blow and drying hair. Guys loved wearing their pink polo shirts to school. Yep. Yep. All right. That's the light blue one. Well, you know, and and the color popped up. Another question, though. How much do you think those rubies actually were valued at? Enough to buy all their homes? Possibly, I don't know. At the time, of the, at the time, who knows what the... I don't know was. what the street value of rubies are. Well, for the, <laughs> for the historical aspect alone, I think they're probably worth something. They're probably worth just enough, because like I said, he had about 20 of them in that thing, so... Mm-hmm. And depending on, on what the price of homes were back in the 80s, it probably would have more than paid off, and if anything... No, 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 in the 80s, mortgage rates were at 12%. percent i not some of the mortgage rates, I'm talking about <laughs> how much the house was worth. Because yeah. Yeah. the houses were worth, like, probably less than $100,000 at the time, maybe... Yeah, but the mortgage was insane. No, I know, I agree. <laughs> I'm just saying. But they probably can use the judge to pay off the whole house. Okay. Tonight on CNBC. Um, <laughs> all right, another thing. Mikey's father has flatly refused to sell the house. Correct. Why are they fucking packing? <laughs> because they didn't have a choice. They're being kicked out. No, they were being bought out. They own that property. They're being, it was being bought out because, you know, like. takeover. Like all, rich, all, like, all rich ba- douchebags do in 80s movies, they they want to bulldoze the nice, shitty areas of he town. He had a nice long hat. They want to identify it. 
<coughs> Joe, did you want to bring up anything? You, you seem like you wanted to. No, do it All right. Now, finally. Um, now, do you realize how many areas that they could have skipped over all those booby traps based on areas in town like um, oh, the, the Wishing Well? Wishing well. The wishing well, or you know, getting out to the coast and just kind of walking through one of those caves. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the cave only opened up at at the end. Yeah, but how did they get out before that? Because that kid, that that boat hadn't gone to sail yet. Because the map didn't shed some of them there. Yeah, they didn't know about it. They only knew the map. So there. Oh, All right. That could have been the area that the one guy got out of to bring the memory. They said one probably guy must have survived to get yep. out of the map, so that must have been that area. And he died in, in Mikey's attic. Oh. <laughs> what was his name? I don't remember. What was Explorer's name? Chester Copperpot. Chester Copperpot. Oh, yeah. That's it. All right. So number eight on the uh, box office list here, grossing $68.7 million. Witness. It's all right. I'm a police officer. Man's wanted for murder. Now stand back! What are you gonna do, Paul? You gonna kill me? You gonna shoot me? You gonna shoot him? Stand back! You gonna shoot him? Ah! Is that what you gonna do, Paul? Him? The woman? Me? It's over! Enough! Enough! Yeah. Mm. That was a mom. Harris, yeah, Harrison mm. Ford and the Amish. And Kelly McGrath. Uh, was it Kelly McGrath? Um, yeah. McGillis. Kelly McGillis. Thank you, thank you. During that, that grand two years that Kelly McGillis was on top of the world. Well, she, so she went she from... She didn't age well at all. She knows. She went from uh, Harrison Ford and Witness to Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Mm-hmm. That's kind of going downhill there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, well, I mean, it, was, it was Harrison Ford and a hot Amish chick. Yeah, to be fair, once you hate Harrison Ford, there's no, you can't go higher than that. But it, and the weird thing is, too, is that Lucas Haas was in this movie, and I, I get weirded out sometimes when I see child actors show up in movies now as adults. And he was in Inception. And Solar Babies. He was? Yeah. He was the guy, remember at the beginning of Inception, after their first thing with yeah, Ken yes, Watanabe. Right, yes. He was the one that they pulled off the helicopter. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's Lucas Haas. Wow, really? He was also in Mars Attacks. And, yeah, yeah, he was the way, and of course, yeah. don't forget Solar Babies. Yeah, that's true. Um, the only good thing I can say about Witness, from what I remember about it, other than the dude that got killed by all the piles of wheat in the silo, um, <laughs> is when Harrison Ford is dressed up as an Amish person, and, like, the townies know right. that he can't do anything so they just like knock his hat off and he punches him in the face <laughs> and Darcy's come to join us Darcy what, what thoughts do you have well alright shall we move on to number 7 Sorry, yeah. talk about she that heard about Harrison that. Ford and had to come yep. back it alright <laughs> number 7 uh, 75.9 million dollars the jewel of the Nile do not worry I'm sure it's not my destiny to die on this mountain what about us that's another ball game I saw this in theaters. Oh, man. Back, back before my dad married my stepmom, mm -hmm. he took us to see a lot of awesome movies. <laughs> this well, was yeah. one of them. Well, I, yeah, I went to see this at the theaters because I loved Romancing the Stone so much. I thought it was, was a good movie. Oh, I'm, I'm getting the mixed up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Then I went to see it, see this, hoping it was going to be as good as Remember nope. the Stone. No. No. Oh, sorry, no, no, I got, no, I got no, the mixed up. Not at yeah. all. No. 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 I've seen Remember the Stone, I thought it was okay. I've never seen Joe of the Nile. It was, uh, it was no, one of those, we no. made so much money with Romance in the Stone, let's write a really fast uh, sequel and is, do uh, everything that we did in the first one, only more so. This is Bill, no, this is Billy Ocean, did the, the, yep. the theme for this one. When the going gets tough, the gets rough. Oh, and that's spelt the end of Billy Ocean's career. Well, the funny thing, the sad thing was that you heard that song. No, right? you heard the Romancing License the Stone. To dri- License to Drive. But oh, you think right. about it, Eddie Grant did Romancing the Stone. Yep. I heard, you know what? And the funny thing is, that, that song wasn't as big as Billy Ocean's no, song gets. I, I never, I I never knew Romancing the Stone had a song until I, the other car, until I was in the car listening to the Sirius Channel. The I'm Romancing the Stone. And I'm like, oh my God, really? <laughs> it's a decent song, too. The most notable thing. I can remember about this movie is that I rented it out of a vending machine. Little Little Peach, which was a convenience store that we used to have out here yep, before they were yep. all bought up by Tedeschi's, yep. had this gigantic like machine oh, I remember where you that. swipe a credit card, you pick the thing, and it would like, you know, grab the video and all that. So that is the most memorable I can remember. Wow. Yeah, I, I I believe they wrote on the boat that he bought at the end of the first movie, and um, yeah, Dan, and uh, yeah. Is this the the one at the end? He had the the, the uh, gator skin boots. That was the end of that was the end of Romancing the Stone, oh, right, yeah. where he where he killed the gator that he got the stone oh, out of yeah. and skinned it. And the made funny boots. thing is, it's like not the movie's really the same, but there was so many similar qualities to it. It's like you don't know which one was really which. This was a quickie one-off sequel. That's really all it was. Really, it was. It, it was. was, a, it was, it was you know what? Not romancing. I, no, you know what? I think it was. They, they were so surprised <coughs> by the, the success of *Romancing the Stone*. They're like, "You got. We got to make the sequel." Yeah, gotta, it was yeah, released yeah. within 18 months of the release of *Romancing the Stone*. Yeah. So. And then, and then, uh, Danny, Michael, and Kathleen Turner all went on to do uh, *War of the Roses*, which is a really good movie. Yeah, that was that a fucking really good movie. That is a such uh, a good movie. And I'll have you know that wasn't the end of Billy Ocean's career. No, we just did. No, I did that. Yeah. No, he also did get out of my dreams, get into my yeah, from life. Drive, drive, drive. So, sorry, I spent too much time looking that up. Yeah, that's okay. Time listening to the conversation. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Mike, you're slacking your leads. All right, <laughs> number six, grossing eighty-five point three million dollars. Cocoon. We'll never be sick. We won't get any older, and we won't ever die. Has okay. anybody watched this movie in like the last 20, 25 years? I saw it when it first came out, and that was it. Uh, no, I, I, I started on. I watched it on HBO for like. I no, this was parts of it when it was on HBO. This was those ones that they shut down your throat for a while, then all of a sudden it just kind of went away. Wow, this was, this is, was again one of those. It was a video signals uh, kind of. Yeah, T H E video. That was us, you know. That this was the big year of uh, Wilford Brimley, wasn't it? Yep. Like, it, was, it was almost and like a comeback where for like three old, you know, act, I mean, a lot of actors who were like, you know, like I said, you know, between, you know, Jessica Tandy, Hume Cronin, I mean, these guys, these people were popular back in the early days. Don Amici, Amici won an Oscar for this movie. So, mm-hmm. Don Amici, actually, you, know, you gotta give Don Amici, yeah. I love Don Amici. The Goot did not win an the Oscar. Goot the Goot did not win, no. <laughs> and Brian Dennehy was screwed too, I mean, you know. Yeah. And then those two other guys that you didn't even know about. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the, other one, you know, the, one, you know, the one blonde guy looked like a porn star. <laughs> The mustache with the glasses and everything. <laughs> and Raquel Welch is less talented daughter. Yes. Now, I'm wondering, though, did those cocoons finally, you know, cure, you know, Wolf of Burnley's diabetes? Nope. <laughs> no, apparently not. 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 
And he goes, that one scene, no, not the skinny dipping, but when that one scene where Wolfram Brimley does the, jumps on the, uh, on the diving board, jumps, lands on his ass, and then jumps in the water. Uh-huh. You guys remember that scene? Yeah. No. I don't know, for some reason it just pops in my head every time. I really haven't seen this movie in 30 years. Yeah, I guess, like, <laughs> I remember it was bits a, and pieces of it. It was a feel-good alien movie, you know? Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a family movie you could kind of watch. Ron Howard, right? Yeah, Ron Howard directed this, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned it's a family movie. Back in the yeah. days when you used to be able to show old people in butts in a family movie. Pretty much. <laughs> so. No beebs. Yeah. All right, number five, uh, grossing 87 point nothing million dollars. Out of Africa, the year's best picture winner. My mom made me take, go to the movies and watch this. I can fix that, I think. Laughed loud and long, and all the while, his eyes went to and fro. Ha <laughs> ha, quoth he, full plain I see. The devil knows how to row. Farewell, farewell. Oh, you're skipping verses. Well, I leave out the dull parts. Farewell, farewell. But this I tell to thee, thou wedding guest. Lay your head back. There isn't a single black person in this movie either. This is like a Spielberg this, kids movie. This is, Can this I tell you something? I've never watched. I've never seen the movie. This I haven't either. Really, this no is idea. the first movie I've actually ever seen that had an intermission, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? I still got to see more of this." <laughs> oh, I oh, I let my mom have it. I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" The, the most I know about this movie is they, they did a skit on Sesame Street about it. Did they? Yeah, they said. Well, no, they did out of Africa, out of Australia, and out of and it was just all about the other yeah. A. But this thing, this was slow. Sorry. All right. But this was so clearly Oscar bait, and it did. Oh, yeah. It wiped up the Oscars. Apparently, Mike Seas just died. That's right. Let's keep recording. We'll All right. Yeah. Later. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get him out of the battle of beer later. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, All right. Uh, you know what? Let's actually move on to number four, because it ties in on number five. So, grossing $94.1 million, the color purple. Until you do right by me, everything you think about is going to crumble. Don't do it, Miss Celia. Don't trade places with what I've been through. Come on, Miss Celia. Let's go to the car. He ain't worth it. He ain't worth it. Who do you think you Let's is? You can't cuss nobody. Look at you. You're black, you're poor, you're ugly, you're a woman, you're nothing at all. Till you do right by me, everything you even think about gonna fail. I like this. I love um, it. All right, so oh this God, was, was so god awful depressing. So yeah, it was. It's but that's it's what, a depressing it was, like, and a hard movie to watch. It's it's hard, 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 hard scared movie. the shit out of me in that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, he was he was he really scared the shit out of it me. Is, in that movie. It is it is the antithesis of Adam Africa. Oh, this is also the. This is also the antithesis of a Spielberg movie in the 80s, because it's nothing but black people. Um, Whoopi Goldberg won a Golden Globe for her role. Yeah, she did. However, this movie holds the distinction, along with the movie called The Turning Point and the newer version of True Grit, as the most Oscar nominations without a single win. Wow. And this was up against Out of Africa. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Race had nothing to do with it. Huh? No, not at all. Not at all. Three actresses nominated in various uh, roles. Nope. Old white woman won that year. Now this was Oprah's first movie role. Yeah, and she was nominated for an Oscar for it. She was good. She was very good. 
Like it, but like Catherine said, this was this is. I actually I, I did not see it when it first came out. I saw it like maybe ten, fifteen years after it came out. Yeah. And I remember watching it. It is a hard movie. It's, I, it's I've hard. seen it's this like, movie piecemeal. I don't think I've ever seen this movie. I, 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 I watched it. I watched it. I watched, I watched, I watched it. I watched, I, you're right. It is a hard is movie hard. to watch, but there's something just so good about it, though, too. There's like, no, no. It's a hard movie to watch, but damn, it's good. It, just, just, it, it hits so hard. But just on an emotional, psychological level. I also read the book, and that was also... Right. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's they, a lot they, more they, shit in there that was not covered in the movie. Yeah. Obviously, it never is, but it's just one of those things where it was really, you know. So he's gonna get on top of me and do his business. <laughs> oh God. So yeah. Definitely, he's going to toilet on you. No, but again, like no, I said, but these are all. Yeah. But no, it's just this was such a. But it was like it, said, it, it hit the culture pretty close to home. At the time. Yeah, the culture, and also you know, that was that was an expectation of a lot of women for a very long time. Yeah. Mm. And 15 years later, she go on to do Theodore Rex. Mm-hmm. What was that, Andy? Dressing that without oh, giving him all right. All right. Right. Swallowed and speak. Ladies and gentlemen, yep. Andy was not doing his Sylvester Stallone impersonation. Not then. Not and then 15 years later, Whoopi Goldberg would go on to do Theodore Rex. Yeah, well, this this was a, a big step up from Jumpin' Jack Flash. This actually came before Jumpin' Jack really? Flash. Really? Yeah. Yep. yeah but it came before Ghost. Ghost. It did come before Ghost. No, she did, no, she did win it. Hey, wasn't she in most of that movie that, that she was in with Gerard Depardieu? <laughs> oh. She did a movie with him. You know, Fran, you know Francis Sex Symbol? Yeah. Oh. Have you seen yeah. it now? He just Have you funny. seen him? You know, talk about aging poorly. He's like a, a he freaking still, albino hippopotamus. He's, he's disgusting. Francis Sex Symbol. Come he's on. He's bloated. Well, I still love him in France anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Hey. All right. Genius as in a, France. As a, as a half Frenchman, I take offense to that. All right, moving on <laughs> to number three, grossing one hundred twenty-seven point eight uh, million the most, dollars. The most American movie on this on this list. Oh, okay. I, I don't have it up. Sorry, uh, Rocky Four. Hello, what made you decide to put on an exhibition fight with Drago? Oh, let's call it a sense of responsibility. Responsibility? How? I had to teach this young fellow to box, American style. Oh, <laughs> Drago a little inexperienced to be in the same ring? Yeah. Well, you know, some folks got to learn the hard way. <laughs> no quick knockout prediction. No, 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 I'm not angry with him. See, I just want to show the whole world that Russia doesn't have all the best athletes. <laughs> Rocky, how do you think training? Apollo should fight Drago? Well, firstly... I think the first thing you'd better get a bottle is a ladder. How does it feel to spar with the great former champion? The man's tongue didn't come through customs. My husband is very happy to have this opportunity. It's his dream. Dream? Uh, How do you mean? In our country, Apollo Creed is well known and very respected. It could be a good victory. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, wait, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Oh. When? You don't really think you're going to whip me, do you? You didn't come here to lose. Well, you hold on, little lady. You hold on. Because lose and lose royally, he's going to do. I must Alright, I just, tell me that is not the epitome of every 80s montage. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no question. Alright, guys. True story. Uh-oh. My mother took me to see this movie. All right? Um, willingly? Willingly. Yeah. She. It was like, you know, my sister was going to stay over there with some friends. She's like, you know, we never actually hang out. Let's go get some dinner. Go see a movie. What do you want to go see? And 14-year-old Andy's like, 
Let's go see Rocky Four. <laughs> um, so we we go, we see Rocky Four, I and mean, everything is. My mom just kind of politely sitting through the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> until a big fight. All right, the big fight in Russia, and for the first half of the fight, Draco was just you know putting the you know putting the dukes to to uh to Rocky, to beating the shit out of him. Finally, Rocky makes his comeback, and he's coming back, and he's coming back, and coming back, and the hostile Russian audience. All of a sudden, starts shouting, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. My mother stands up and says, I cannot believe this bullshit. And Usher came down and asked her if she wasn't quiet, we would have to leave. And 14-year-old Andy's like, no. This is the most metal thing to ever happen. Now we know where he gets it from. How was your mom teaching you? My thing was, you know what? It's... She really is. She's right, though. Yeah. No. And Catherine's asking me, "What did my mom teach?" My mom taught social sciences and history. Oh yeah. Yeah. My mother is a teacher. That shit wouldn't happen. I don't care if it was the Gorbachev regime of yeah, Russia. If Rocky had won, it in real life, if that had been a real life match, he wouldn't have made it out of Russia. He would have disappeared. Oh, you would have never seen him again. If everybody in that crowd started cheering. Yeah, they would all be gone like by the second by the second. Are you telling me that Rocky ended out. the yeah. Cold War? Are you telling me yep. that? Well, you know, I'm just gonna beat up this. Guy. Actually, you can do it better. I can't. Anyway, uh, so he beat the shit out of this white Russian Swiss guy, whatever. I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the dude does steroids first of all, and that's uh, <laughs> something that uh, Rocky wouldn't do it at all. A couple people I have to thank before. Uh, before we move on to the uh, number two movie, which is also a Stallone movie, um, <laughs> I have to thank my wife, Adrian. <laughs> Mainly because every time we do one of these fights, uh, she gets really upset with me, and uh, then I, I tell her I have to do it because I'm a man, and she uh, jumps back. Um, and my brother-in-law, Polly, who I uh, bought a robot for, and he, uh, he turned into a sex slave. <laughs> Seriously. I just watched the Nostalgia Critic on Rocky IV, and it's like, the first Rocky movie is a fucking masterpiece. Absolutely. The, set, the, the fourth one, there's a robot that, first of all, can understand Stallone and agrees with him because sentient, you know, sentient artificial life exists. And Polly turned it into a sex bot. All I can think in my head now is Polly getting, like, these metallic hand jobs. Uh, she loves me. <laughs> but the thing is, you say, you say, the first one's a masterpiece. I think the second one's a good, decent follow-up. The third one starts getting a little campy. Brother! But it gave, up, but it gave us Eye of the Tiger. Brother! And the fourth yep. one just basically throws the shit out. Well, actually, no, the fifth one kind of really threw the shit out. Oh, my out. God. That, that fifth one is... Before, it makes the fourth one look... There is no... And my There's cousin... There's quality of the fifth one. My oh. cousin David can find the good in everything. I'm Maybe. sorry, Dave... I can't, I, no. I, you know, the fifth one no, it's, is it's utter horseshit. And Creed apparently has, someone has zero involvement with it other than showing up in it. It's one of those, you know, it's one of those cameo, probably, it's probably one of those things where it's, I'm going to hand off the gloves to you and no yep. whole series out of it. That could go either way. I think it'll be one of those decent eh flicks, but it's not going to be, it'll never, like, top rock. Well, if you, if you think that Rocky IV took place in 1985... Um, well, no, like, Michael B. Jordan, he Creed, be, he should be almost our age. was born two years after his dad was killed right. in the ring, right. in front of James Brown, so he wouldn't have been performing his, his, his biggest hit in America. Roy Poe should show up and say, you know, you are not, not, the, father. not the father. Hey, but let's, let's, not, let's not overlook what this movie did for Dolph Lundgren. 
After this, he got his starring role in *Human Masters of the Universe*. Don't forget *Red Scorpion*. Well, that was after. after that. Was after? Yeah. Was oh God, yeah. No, after this came *Human Masters of the Universe*. Well, just well, you know what, guys? He's gonna make this comeback role in *Kindergarten Cop 2*. He's gonna look down a little kindergarten and say, "I must break you," yep. and it's gonna end in chaos. He's gonna wet himself. <clears throat> anyway, all right. So number two, the number two grossing movie of the year, grossing 150.4 million dollars, *Rambo: First Blood* Part Two. Murdoch. I'm coming to get you. We discussed this thing like four yeah, episodes yeah. ago. Not a whole lot we can go over. Other than that when... um. Margaret Cho was doing her stand-up. One of her jokes, and I'll always remember this, like, when I started, first started acting, the only roles that I was afforded to me were Rambo, no! Sucky, fucky, $2. <laughs> That was the other, yeah. Yeah, the other one she learned. I think what it was is the 80s really kind of were like the action genre really kind of hit a, a stride. It was, it was Reagan's America. Yeah, absolutely. That's really that's all and I think that know. was like the peak of the action genre. I think that's why I don't think, I don't know if that movie would have done as well now as it did then. Well, it didn't. No, I'm just saying, I'm saying like if you like try to put that movie out today. No, no well, I mean, well, they came out with Rambo and that didn't do nearly You mean well. the one come a couple years, the one yeah. couple, yeah. Yeah. Diplomacy. Yeah, at one point when you like, shreds a guy right in the friggin' yeah. seat. <laughs> it was pretty graphic. <laughs> Alright, and the number one movie of 1985, uh, grossing $210.6 million. Phenomenal. We all know it's Back to the Future. Chris ruined it for yeah. you. <laughs> Don't say a word. Doc, I don't want to know your name. I don't want to know anything about you. Listen, Doc. Quiet. Doc, don't tell me anything. Doc, quiet. Quiet. I'm going to read your thoughts. Let's see now. You come here from a great distance? Yeah, exactly. Don't tell me. Uh, you want me to buy a subscription to the Saturday Evening Post? No. Not a word, not a word, not a word now. Quiet. Uh, donations. You want me to make a donation to the Coast Guard... Youth Auxiliary! Doc! I'm from the future. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get back to the year 1985. My God. Do you know what this means? It means that this damn thing doesn't work at all! Why the trouble? Yeah. Because it's still an awesome movie. Yes, it is! <laughs> Other than a couple of special effects, this movie holds up really well. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yes, the problem is, the most iconic special effect is the one that doesn't hold up well at all. Well, the, the, the one where, no, the one where they, um, where the, uh, the car, they got Einstein in the car, and the car goes, you know, passes through the time portal, oh, and the they've got the thing, the and it's so horrifically obvious they're, they're in that's front really, of the screen. But you know what? Yeah. I, you can forgive it for that. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, you, right at that point, both of them, their legs should have been shard at that point. <laughs> no! I mean, there's only other, one other effect that I can really pick at is obviously an effect. And it's right at the end where the car starts flying. 
Yeah. 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 But that was such a quick. That was a quick yeah. effect. But for the eighties, it was pretty decent. Other than that, though, it was a fantastic, it was a fantastic movie. movie. You know, yeah. they they hit they hit so many. They hit it all perfectly. They really took their time to make sure that everything hit. Like for example, this is a little bit. I'm sure it's not a spoiler for anybody at this point, but. You know, he starts off at Twin Pines Mall, yeah. and of course he runs over one of the trees, he comes back, it's the Lone Pines Mall. Yeah. So I mean, just those little nitpicky things. You go back and watch it, you find something that you saw before that you didn't see. You know, I remember mm-hmm. one point in the third movie, when, you know, we finally got back at the end, it said Eastwood Lane. Yeah. yeah. They're calling Clint Eastwood. Like, just, I'd never seen that maybe up until maybe like eight yep, years ago. Yep, yep. So about little things like that, yep. just, they, they hit every little thing. So you might always find some every time you watch it. Yeah. But this first movie, it... It really was lightning in a ball. I mean, it would hit. It was such a wonderful like, co- yeah, everything com- met, every, confirmation everything of yeah, um, great everything, cast. Everything, everything great cast. Well, it was a great cast by accident because yeah, Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz was great. But I guess apparently, and he actually no, he's seen. I, I mean, he he filmed quite a bit. Almost like movie. I think I think yeah. a good quarter of the movie, if not yeah. half of it. Yeah. And, and have you ever? No, but you know I what? I saw the scenes. It, they, I guess apparently they said it was going to go much. It was going to be much darker. Than it, the yeah. Movie. Yeah. He was, yeah. He was, yeah. It wouldn't yeah, work. It was almost going to be more of a darker comedy, not even a comedy, almost in a sense, more of like a, a sci-fi drama. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But they, they. But I mean, they, it, it was released at exactly the right time when yeah. like fifties culture was pretty was Michael J. Fox was was at the height of his career. I think oh, Teen, Wolf, Teen Wolf also came out this yeah, year. Yeah, Teen Wolf came out this year too. Yep. You know, I'm going to say though, if I ever decide that I want to run for office, I will use the term "progress" as my middle name. <laughs> I, I'm just going on. But the other, the other fun thing about watching this movie is like back in back when it came out, everybody was like nostalgic for the 50s. Mm. You watch it now, and you realize it's really captured '85 really well. It did. Yes. Oh my so goodness. Well. Does anybody remember Pepsi Free? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tab. I don't even remember. You're Pepsi, you're gonna pay for it. No, tab just still exists. Give me a tab. If you get, you want a tab, you gotta order something. <laughs> well, tab didn't exist for it. Didn't get rid of it for a while. It was, yeah, tab was gone for a long time. Yeah. yeah. If it's back now, but it's back, but it right. wasn't. It was gone for 20 years. Just give me something about Shane Sugar and he gets black coffee. Black coffee, exactly. Now I gotta bring this up because this is something that you know, just like your one-eyed Willie thing. Uh, the fifteen story you sent you. Yep. You, you, yes. You threatened. Yes. Yeah, threatened it. Um. <laughs> All right, so I'm, you know, I'm driving to work, and I'm thinking about, you know, let's think about what we're going to talk about. I'm, ta- I'm thinking about Biff Tannen. Biff Tannen isn't a misunderstood bully. Oh, Biff Tannen is a fucking psychopath. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. First of all, tries to rape Lorraine. Like, seriously, face down in the, you know, in that fine upholstered leather that I'm sure Joe could name the uh, the type of leather it was, because you're a car guy. Corinthian. Corinthian leather. <laughs> <laughs> Even and he was going to fucking rape her. Yep. Then... Before that, he was going to murder Marty. And not just, like, you know, just, you know, make it look like an accident. No, he was actually going to murder him. Kill him with his his nice car. So now you've got those two factors going in here. George punches him. All right? Emasculates him in front of the entire entire student body. All Mm -hmm. right? What would you do? Would you essentially become, you know, put your tail between your legs and become this guy's manservant? Or do you go back to your hilly, hillbilly daddy's house, get a shotgun, and take out some country revenge on old George McFly for punching you in the face and standing up for you like a man? Well, first of all... Marty doesn't exist. Well, he kind of technically did that in the second movie. <laughs> no, Mike brought that up. He had the money to cover it up. He was going to murder Marty, you know, in the first movie when he had nothing. But that was a blind rage killing. Otherwise, he's a... Rel- he's 
really a coward. His life is blind rage. He, he's, but at nature, he's a coward. So if he'd just gone home and gotten a shotgun, it would have been he would have been spending the rest of his life in jail. And he did he. Eventually that's, thought that through. You know what? That's true. Because oh no, in other case, it was the 1950s. We would have blamed a black guy for it anyway. So or the reefer. You know, the funny thing was. <clears throat> here's another interesting little side note. In the second movie, <clears throat> like well, in the at the end of the movie, like George McFly was like you know he was like you know he became a pussy George McFly. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But when Marty went into the future and bumped into Biff Tannen again, like you know old Grandpa Biff. Yeah. Grandpa Biff was kind of a jerk again. Yeah. Did you notice that? Well, what the hell happened? Because like we said, George was still alive at the time. The alternate line timeline hadn't happened yet. It's like he was still kind of a dick, you know, kind of a dick again. He was I'm like, a sneaky dick. So what the hell happened? Like, you know, it was like, well, you know, was it one of those things where you're still kind of kissing up, hoping that maybe you get something out of it? You know, yeah, it really, I, I think was yeah. it like a hidden agenda type thing? Like maybe yeah. give me money or something like that? I think you George know. eventually fired him for not putting enough coats of wax on the car. I guess not. Mm. <laughs> and, that got, and that got him back into his bitter old self. Somebody explained to him the punchline of the joke. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's me, you idiot! <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, yeah, because I mean, the old self didn't know him about that, so yeah. eventually someone had to explain it to him. So now we're gonna go on, and we're gonna look at the IMDb top ten. Um, now, a number of these movies we've already discussed, so we're not gonna talk about number one, which is Back to the Future, or number two, which is The Goonies. And these are all um, these are all rated by users of IMDb. Number three, The Breakfast Club. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, with the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain and an athlete and a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. Don't, 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 don't you forget about me. The CBS special. The CBS special. I I know Mike Mike's gonna get into what he loves about this movie. I think this is one of the most overrated movies of the 1980s. I'm with Andy on this. Thank one. you. I am. Go ahead, Mike. Me? Yeah. Right. Like I said, do I think do I agree? I do agree with you that it can be a little overrated at times. But I think for me, it's funny as you when you see it kind of as like a teacher's point of view. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I said, I do agree it's overrated, but I have an appreciation for it as a teacher because you look at. Five stereotypes that we all probably grew up with or were in high school, right? Right. And then you look at them all as... Yeah, absolutely the, the jock. But the funny thing was... <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, is you get to kind of know them a little bit, is you get to know them in, like, school, like, they get to know each other, that a lot of them did have those things in common. You know, like I said, you know, you got the jock who basically had to be under pressure that I got to win, I got to do this, and, you know, you got the one popular kid, I can't get a B, I got to kill myself. You know, it means one of those things where, like, some of these guys really actually were like that. I've seen people like that. So there's an appreciation there. Was the movie play ad nauseum? Absolutely. I will tell you that. But I like the but I like the fact that some of these guys weren't, like I said, you know, Bender, who's like this big tough guy, really is a pussy. He acts like it, but he's a pussy. 
And the funny thing is, I've seen, you know, I've seen you kids who act like they're tough, but if you get on them hard enough, that these are the type of kids that actually, they really don't have that great life. So, I found a lot of things that, as I was a teacher, I saw a lot of things and went, I can kind of like this to this. Mike, Mike we, went, we, went to a, we went to a waspy high school. Yeah. I was waspy, well, yeah, this, get this, 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 Oh, no, and like I said, everybody's yeah. experience was different. But you see a lot of that stuff, and like I said, as a teacher, I'm now seeing it from the other side. Yeah, well, the other thing is that you had this experience. You were two years ahead of me. So yep. you had this experience. You were one year ahead of me. Yep. Our class had a lot of crossover. By by the end of hmm. senior year, you know, by, by junior, senior year, we had a lot of crossover between the cliques. There were the people that had been in, and, you know, when they were in going into high school, they were so far in, they were off in their own group. Most of us talked to each other fine. Yeah. Nah. And I think, and I, well, it's in my in class. class. Yours was, your class was a class little better. People. It's a little bit better, but we the, my my class was still very cliquish because my school my my class class in ninety jocks cheerleaders and all the freaks and mutants like me. I mean, yeah. yeah, we were a little bit better. I mean, That's why I'm my friends with you guys. Like, well, no, but like, I I was friends with like Bryce Bowden, who was you know who would be considered a jock and stuff yeah. like that. He's wicked smart. He's wicked smart though, but it was still very cliquish. It was like I hung, you know, it was. I was with my group, and that was it. I didn't socialize, even though I may have talked to them. I didn't go out with the, you know, I didn't go to, you know, the movies with the jocks. I didn't right. do stuff with no. the, you know. Well, this is, this is the other thing. The class of 92 were, like, I think we were a crazy overachievers because they're like, oh, the best way to get into a good college is to broaden out. And so the drama school lead, the drama club leaders were also on sports teams. Yep. They were also in the math league. Well, you know what, though? We, because that was the way to get into a really saw, good college. Well, you know what? We saw that my senior year. I remember my senior year. All of a sudden, people who were not who did not do proscenium circus, which is the drama club, yeah. who weren't on uh, Writing Express. All of a sudden, because college is coming up, all of a sudden you start seeing a lot of cross mingling. Like you saw a lot of jocks all of a sudden show up at you know at auditions for the uh, for the school musical and stuff like that. Okay, like and, the, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> though, I think my year, Joe, because I think your year, your graduating year, was the year where. The entire upper level regime of principals got busted in that odd sex scandal. Yeah, later in the year. I mean, it was later, year. but it was later. your year, though, right? It was, yeah. it was 91, right? We, we, yeah. My year was the year we had to break in the substitute principal. Yeah, and that, yeah, but that, that was the year, back, though, where it makes sense because our principal was a jock. He was a doctor of phys ed. It was a jock, and that was he the thing was, that the, was, the lines were drawn and they were totally. He yeah. basically gave the, so basically all of a sudden one of the jocks punched you. The, you line, got yeah. the you lines were drawn also, uh, see, by the administration. You also, you also got busted for yeah. changing jocks' grades too. I That's true. That. Yeah, I, God, I love that school. Um, <laughs> I, I got I got one question though. It's yes, been, sir. It's been a while since I saw, saw this movie. So the jock was played by Tony the Tiger, right? The jock was. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> it, it was Emilio Estevez. Uh, yeah, no, 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 Charlie, Charlie Sheen's brother. Making a Family Guy reference. Oh, Family Guy. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. Good Goonies throwback. Oh, look, that's Martin Sheen. Oh, that's that's Chad Kennedy. Kennedy. <laughs> President Kennedy, you idiot. <laughs> <clears throat> now here's the question that I I just heard the Stuck in the East podcast that just talked about the Breakfast Club. Here's a question on Monday. 
Do they all hang out together? No, or no, they, no, no. I, I agree. Everything on that Friday was forgotten. Exactly. Well, that's not, the not forgotten. They might, if Molly Ringwald makes that point. Not even a thing. She goes, tomorrow, you know, Monday, when we come back to school, are you going to go up to Brian and hang no. out with him? Or, you know, am I going to be able to go to nope. Brian on a date? Exactly. She brings that up. Maybe and she a makes a point. So that's when the yeah. movie actually felt got good. No. That's when the movie got better. They will not acknowledge each other until 20, in public, until 20 years later. On Facebook. On Facebook. I don't want to, like, see if there's ever, like, a follow-up movie now with those same characters. That would be kind of interesting because you can actually make a decent movie based yeah, on those characters. I just don't want to see no. Judd Nelson do anything anymore. Oh, come on. You know, you know what's interesting was uh, uh, they had an interview recently on This American Life with Molly Ringwald because uh, Breakfast Club is a really popular slumber party movie. Oh, my God. And her daughter hadn't seen it yet. Oh, no. So she watched it with her daughter <laughs> and talked about it a bit. Which it's one of those ways, when you first watch it, it's good, but if you see it too many times, it gets stale. It really does. Which I've, it seen it I've, seen it, I've seen it enough that I don't need to watch it It gets again. stale, but it gets... But I'll tell you, you know what? From I think near the end was, of the movie, it gets better. When they start having those discussions about their real lives, that's when I think the movie really hits home. Because it was yeah. the funny parts in the beginning, but the best part is when it gets serious. Yeah. Right, right. Nowadays, yeah. before I thought the funny part was the best part. Now I think the serious part's the best part. Right. right. But you know what? You know what? I mean, from my point of view, I, one, I felt it was kind of preachy, a little bit preachy. But also in the sense that well, as, was, one of the, as one of the kids who got bullied a lot in, in oh, I school, it was yeah, like, yeah. you know what? Yeah, you got problems at home. It doesn't give you a freaking license to act shitty to me at, at right. school. And that's why I was like, it, but I don't know if it was so unrealistic. I don't want to get too far, but I'm going to say what's going on. But now with the whole bullying issue now, it's such a weird thing now that it's that a lot of that stuff's changing. It yeah. won't ever get better, but it's changing. I'll leave it at that. All yeah. right. What's Ellie Sheedy doing now? Knitting. It's working oh. Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so number four on the IMDb list. Uh, we really have to, we've already kind of talked about this quite a bit. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Any other thoughts? We need to get beyond Thunderdome. We yeah, do. we do. All right. Beyond the Fury Road. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. We don't need I to get Fury Road. You haven't seen it yet? No, not yet. Oh, it's good. All right, number five, Legend. Quiet. I like you, my gifts. Does the gun not please you? No. Can you speak so of your bridal gown? I've found my true mate. And you know it. Never. Beneath the skin, we are already one. Was it not your sin trapped the unicorn? Even now, the evil seed of what you've done germinates within you. I liked wow. this movie. I don't think I've ever actually seen this movie in earnest. I don't think I've watched enough I've never watched to get enough momentum I mean, I want to watch. I, I bought it on DVD from Newbury Comics with Gazillion. I think my only issue was that they couldn't friggin' put pants on Tom Cruise. Nope. I mean, they get some chain mail, but you couldn't get some pants to match it? 
pantaloons. <laughs> so shorts would have been fine. Yeah. Joyce. This is the this is the era of Conan, you know. Yeah, Shane, like, was the hall. I mean, I never yeah, realized that was Conan and I never that was Tim Curry as like you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The makeup was so amazing. It, that, once, once he moves his lips, you know it's Tim Curry because he has. But they did the only a great job on in space. That has he, was, that he wasn't even recognizable. It was yeah. amazing. So. And then they dropped his voice down a lot. Right, you can hear a little bit in the accent. Right. But honestly, face wise, you didn't recognize. He looked that good. Um, but he's probably that was one of the best villain characters because they made our superior. Even. Any thoughts, yeah. Mike, on Legend? Back when Ridley Scott was actually making good movies. Ooh. 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 Oh, too soon. Great. That's it. The music was actually really good oh, too. Well, who did the music, Mike? I love the music. Who did the music? Oh, was, uh, was it John Anderson from? No. Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream. But I know it wasn't uh, Anderson from Yes did actually the uh, the, the, the theme. The theme. The kind of like Toto thing. did the theme for uh, Dune. Yeah, we <laughs> did a lot of songs in the 80, in the eighties. Yeah, they did that risky business. But yeah, uh, that, that they, was, it was a three o'clock high. They did he did a, they did a lot of stuff. That is a fun and really dark fantasy movie. Yeah, it's it's a good fantasy movie actually for what it is. Yeah. I'm sure I can. I'm finding on Showbox or something. I'm sure I can sit and watch it. Oh, I'm yeah. sure Autumn has seen it at least once. Yeah. All right, so next oh, up. Oh, next one coming up. Next on the list. All right, Mike. Oh, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Say, say it. Say it. By the way, point. This this movie is national treasure in my mind. Barry Gordy's the last dragon. Maybe you can get a rise out of this limp wimp. Yeah. You wanna wrestle with me? Yeah. All you've got is this bottom. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Love. Feel this banana. Oh, come on, handsome. Georgia, stop! How's about a little kiss on my fist? Oh, he's too much of a gentleman to hit a lady. Oh, bitch, shut up! Who's the fake? Who's the scared to me? Oh. Yeah, come on, Leroy. This movie is a timeless classic. <laughs> Who's the best? Show now, baby! The Shogun of Harlem. Oh, if you've oh, never seen Barry Gordy's Last Dragon, it is now on Blu-ray. You are missing out. <laughs> I, not, I can honestly say I have not watched it. Oh, Joe! <laughs> Joe, I think outdoor, that's outdoor movie night. We're doing Barry Gordy's Last Dragon. This? Oh, my God. Oh. This movie is a just... It's it's such a guilty pleasure. I love it. Isn't this like... The, I would Bruce like, Leroy. I was, like, was going to say... IMAC baby it was the lead. Vanity was the chick. It was you know. Seeing that this is 1985, it's probably the last of the black exploitation movies. Did I tell you actually? Me and my friends, uh, me and my buddy of mine, we wanted to do like um, in college. We decided we wanted to do our own version of Mystery Science Theater 3K. Uh huh. And actually, so we did only two shows. One of them was Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. We created a friend of mine. We actually made him like we gave him like a um, like a coke <laughs> bottle head. We get, we made a thing. We watched the we actually got the green screen thing. A guy set up for us. Uh, At one God. point, you see this one scene where Timex going like this. Everybody just got one Soloflex. Just three hours a day. <laughs> we actually had some pretty good lines, and it was it was funny. Actually, some people kept said you guys did a pretty good job. It was like one of the best shows we've seen on college TV. You know, we so, still we're it. pretty proud of it. Yeah. So I still have the I still have the video the VHS tape somewhere. Really? So we, like I guess. I totally ripped. I, we were totally ripping off, oh, of MST like a heart. I even called myself Joel. That's how bad it was. We had fun with it. We had a ball, but like I said, that movie was the times the show got Harlem. Yeah. Show up. When we were, show when up. I was 13 years old, this movie came out, and the only thing I could think of was, who the fuck is Barry Gordy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, put a lot of good. A lot of good he did, stuff. yeah. But I was 13. Their target audience. I know. How the hell was it? 
But uh, it just came on Blu-ray. All right. Uh, All right. Bruce so. Leroy. <laughs> All right. Glow. And he just has that. He's just getting glow, you know. <laughs> Number seven. National Lampoon's European Vacation. Carcone. Visiblement, votre prof de français devait être complètement nul. Vous ne comprenez pas une broche de votre langue. Ok. Ladies and gentlemen, Quel accent remarquable. Chicago Peut-être Cleveland. Coca-Cola Deux champagnes américains. And, oh, what for Mayor Vin? <laughs> These have been on, I think, AMC on a constant okay. loop all week. I have C2 a little I said I have C. Yeah. I don't know, it was one I don't even play on the vacation, just a regular vacation one. Oh, man, this movie went for that hard PG-13. There was more nudity in this movie than there was in the original vacation. Oh, I love this movie. I thought it was so funny. Do you remember the German aerobics? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But that was it. Daddy. No, there was that. There was Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Daddy's going to porker. He's not going to porker, Randy. Stop looking, Russ, Randy. Russ. Russ. Yeah. Russ. Uh, he might porker, Russ. <laughs> All right, he might porker. You know, Beverly yeah. Angel, you never saw her naked once. And you saw her naked a few times. Yeah. That was that. Yeah, actually, that right. Was there is gym. actually more From a up. distance. Yeah. That was a chip. The only thing I can remember from this movie is, um, is, the, uh, is Chevy Chase doing that the Oktoberfest dance. Yep. Yeah. He's punching and, the people. Yeah, punching the people. Uh, Parliament. Big Ben. No, Eric Idle being the, um... Oh, the accident prone. Yeah, 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 the accident prone. Very, very polite. I, it wasn't just his accident prone. was basically getting the shit beat out of by Ch- accident by Chevy Chase. Yeah. yeah. This one was a lot oh, more violent. Holiday, are you? <laughs> this one was a lot more violent than the other ones were. Yeah. This one, like, I mean, like, normally it's, the, the, it was just... A lot more slapstick. Yeah, I mean, in the other ones, they were, it was more just like, like st- you know, they're they're good, and they're fun loving, but they're clumsy kind of. Almost. Yeah, this but, one they're just kind of mean. When like, you do I know why? Why I miss Jack. <laughs> <laughs> when you rank the four Chevy Chase Chris, uh, uh, vacation movies, so this is a distant. Third. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. Christmas. Well, no, vacation, vacation Christmas, Christmas vacation, and then, and then this is so but far. Let's behind. Say we won't even go into Vegas vacation. No, no. <laughs> or the new vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it was terrible. Yeah. The, yeah. I don't know. I watched this movie not too long ago. Just like I think it was on. It might have been on Netflix or something. The end scene. Which and it's just a. This is just a little nitpick. When they were when Chevy Chase and Clark ends up in the um the cockpit. And he distracts the pilots, and they accidentally, you know, like the Statue of Liberty's arm goes around. Like this. Oh, well, here come the Griswolds. Oh, oh, yeah, the Griswolds are back. Hey, is that a shark? I'm going to jump over it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything else on European vacation, Catherine? I still miss Jack. Yeah, I know you miss Jack. Billy Sapka, baby. I know. Even better. Okay. All right, number eight was Rocky IV, which I discussed. Uh, number nine. Yeah. God, I fucking hate this movie. I Good science. Oh, oh, come on, I know. Oh, God. I hate everything. It's based on a, on a, a Danny Elfman I understand that. It's based on a true story. story. Bango did the theme song. No. Come on. <laughs> Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. Yeah. Did he act like to do that? I don't know. There's just something about this movie that just seriously just rubs me the wrong way. 
Even when I was like, oh, getting... Come on, Bill Paxton is the other Chet was brother. awesome. He Chet was. Chet was awesome. My, Chet my was roommate. A pile of shit. For Christ's sake, cover yourself. My, my college roommate, every time I'd show up in the dorm drunk, he'd be like, you're scared, but what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know why you hate it. No, I know why I'm on everything. I'm going to some shit. This was, um, it was it, it, just like kind of like The Breakfast Club. This was an overkill movie. Oh, I love this oh, movie. Oh. these were overkill. Though. This, this movie, I, that I couldn't find it. Era type was I couldn't find overkill. this one to be overkill, though. Uh, I can watch it. I can watch it a lot more. It's fun. Yeah, it is. All right, Catherine, as a technical uh, writer. Um, <laughs> how do you, how do you, How do you feel about them having to hijack the, uh, the power source of the local power grid? To make a woman out of a Barbie doll by feeding it pictures. Why does my being a technical writer have anything to do with this? Yeah, you, you have the closest thing to a computer expertise than anything. Hey, huh? I'm the one with the engineering degree over here. Joe? All right, then. I defer to you, then, sir. Right, I got nothing to add. Yeah, okay. I was going to say Barbie doll, Playboy pictures, and Atari. Hey, uh, if you were going to make a woman, how would you do it? Exactly like that. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work out so well. <laughs> but I didn't use an Atari. I used Commodore, so maybe that was it. Yeah. Did you end up with strawberry shortcake or something? <laughs> yeah. What do you got there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just in case you're in case you're wondering where, what the pause oh, is, Mike uh, just pulled up a meme. Um, today, On this day in history today, Tom Brady was um, exonerated. exonerated by rightly a judge. So. Rightly so. Here um, comes the appeal. Yeah. Well, here's yep. the beauty is too is that Goodell picked the venue and the judge and, and still got no loss. Tom Brady would be retired by the time the appeals process. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, 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 the second, the second that came up, like people in my office started talking about it. I opened up Facebook and I have like five pages of. Oh my god. I was I, seriously. I was at the gym on the treadmill for an hour. All eight televisions. The same thing. It was a glorious hour of television. I, I, I just had that that um that Saturday Night Live skit when uh Daryl Daryl Hammond came over as Bill Clinton. Uh, I am. Bulletproof. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back Finally, to number 10. Finally, number 10 on the list. We've already discussed this movie previously, so Commando. I like you. I um, give you a last. John, I'm not going to shoot you between the eyes. I'm going to shoot you between the balls. Let off some steam, Bennett. Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Black Speedo. That's yep. Enough said. Yep. Ew. That's all we gotta say. Yeah. yeah exactly. No, I, I understand. I understand. All right, let's so move on to social media feed. Yeah, let's move on to some um, Facebook feed and what. Okay, we went a little long on this one. So next week we will present our Facebook feedback and our Twitter feedback and all that great stuff that you guys gave us. So until next time, uh, go forth and be nerdful. We'll see you next week with part two.
Hey, you, get your damn hands off. Oh. 